Welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and I'm so excited to have you back again this week. We are doing something a little bit different this week in that we are looking to identify abusive behavior. Why? Well, pretty easy. Uh, I feel like every week I tell you guys, I give the disclaimer, right? That, well, this really only applies if you're in a safe relationship, if you're not in an abusive situation. But sometimes it it might be hard to identify, am I being abused? Like, am I in a, an abusive situation? I mean, he doesn't hit me. Uh, not sure. Well, first of all, if you have to think about it, that's a red flag, right? Uh, one of the things that we see often come up is narcissistic behavior and narcissistic abuse. And one thing that narcissists are really good at is making you think that you're crazy, making you think that, is it just me or should I be worried here? Kind of. So in that, I have brought on this week's guest, my friend, Ronika Comier, and she is really such a treasure. I'm so glad to have found her in life. Ronika Cormier is a Christian trauma transformation coach. She's a certified trauma and resilience coach for daughters of narcissistic mothers. She helps women heal their past hurts through building healthy relationships with God, themselves, and others. Ronika is passionate about empowering women with the tools they need to recognize their power as survivors and to heal from the pain of their past. She does this through her podcast, Mama Trauma, virtual Bible studies, the Mama Trauma Sisterhood on Facebook, and personal one-on-one coaching and live courses. I'm so excited to have her here. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from my friend. Um, I think this is really going to be an important episode, the kind that you're going to want to share because maybe you're not in this situation, but somebody else you know is. So it's definitely that sort of episode where If you are sitting there thinking like, hmm, so-and-so might need to hear this, please, girlfriend, go ahead and share it because it probably means that they do. Can't wait to get in to this week's topic. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might've contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right. Welcome back to the Gracefield Wife podcast, guys. I'm so excited for this week's guest, Ronika Cormier, and she is the host of the Mama Trauma podcast. Welcome, Ronika. Hey. Thank you for having me on. Hey, girl. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. This week's topic is something I've never done. And I, when I thought about it, I knew Ronika was the person that I have to had to go to because she has an amazing uh, podcast and business where she helps women who have um, our daughters of narcissistic mothers, where they have some trauma from narcissistic mothers. And what does that mean for us at the Grace Field Wife podcast? How does that relate? And as we were talking, I realized that, and you know, Roninka had shared with me that a lot of people, women who have had narcissistic mothers or parents uh, find themselves married to narcissistic husbands and maybe they don't even realize it. So Ronika, my first question for you is going to be, tell me about this. How does one even know? You know, how does one identify? Okay. So usually um, narcissistic individuals, they're just really highly, highly toxic. And the toxic, um, their toxic patterns, like they go in a continuous cycle. They tend to a lot of times do the same thing. So a narcissistic mother will do a lot of the same things that a narcissistic boyfriend or a narcissistic husband will do. Um, but it's just usually the type of people that they kind of attack. So of course, the narcissistic mother kind of attacks more so the daughter and the husband, you know, he'll probably more than likely attack the wife. So a lot of times these people, you'll find that they're extremely, extremely self-centered. No matter what you are talking about, they find a way to bring the conversation always back to them. You could be telling them, you know, you had a really bad day and, you know, what happened in your office. They will find a way to bring that conversation right back to them. And the thing is, because a lot of us will say, well, I have somebody like that in my life. It's as if they don't even register anything you said, because it's always all about them. Hmm. It's, it, it is never about you. It's as if they, they don't even care. They never even acknowledge anything that really you said in the conversation. The conversation is all about me getting my, my thing in and me telling you how basically one upping you all the time, me telling you about how I had a similar situation, how I went through something. So it's always all about them. They are also all the time, usually really, really critical. So they will criticize you to death. It feels like you can do nothing right for them. I mean, everything from the way that you dress, the way that you talk, the way that you speak to your children, you know, so if it's like a marriage situation, it could be the way that you speak to your children, the way that you dress, you know, the things that you do at work. Um, the stories that you come home and tell, they criticize pretty much every single thing about you. They're very, they're very, very critical. They manipulate. They manipulate every single situation. They constantly pass blame and shame and they put everything on the victim. So nothing will ever, ever be their fault. It doesn't matter whether they get caught red-handed doing something or saying something, they will always pass the buck, pass the blame back usually onto the victim. Nothing is ever their fault. They never take responsibility for their actions, for the things that they say, for the things that they do. And a lot of times um, when you try to have conversations with these people, you will <laughs> end up 
in what, what we call word salad, where they just throw out a whole bunch of random stuff that has nothing to do with what you were trying to hold them accountable on. And they just start saying a whole bunch of random stuff. And so in the end, you kind of walk away confused as to what just happened there, but they got away with it. They got away with it and they do it over and over and over again. So it's either one of two things when you try to hold them accountable, either they blow up in narcissistic rage and they just go berserk. And, and usually it's this rage that is, that is not, um, it's not comparable to the size of the thing that you're asking them about. They blow up when really you were just asking them something simple. And that's to get you to back down off of the boundaries, to back down off of holding them accountable and to let them continue doing what they've been doing, which is what they want. Or they do the word salad where they just start throwing out a whole bunch of random stuff and getting you all tongue tied where you don't know what's happening and you just leave them alone. (laughs) And that's what I found. My my mom was just like, she was the queen of word salad where Mm -hmm. I would just kind of walk away like, what? just happened there. Like I have no idea what happened in that conversation just now. And she would do it over and over and over again. And they, they lack empathy. They have zero empathy for other people. So like, like I was telling you in your conversations with them, it's as if they don't even register you, what you're saying, your feelings, even a lot of times that you're a human being, it's as if they just see you because honestly, they see other people as things for them to manipulate. That's it. They don't see other people as humans. They don't see other people as having feelings. They don't see other people as being um, valuable. They see other people as like a Tupperware, a sweater, like a thing that I own that I can use when I need it And then I can just discard it when I don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you're expecting for them to meet you with empathy, they don't have it in them. It's just, they don't, they don't have any empathy, but they are also highly, highly sensitive because inside of this narcissistic persona of being grandiose and above everybody. And, you know, the most important person in the room and everybody needs to cater to me is a really fragile and broken human being. So whenever you do hold them accountable, whenever you do say, Hey, you did this or you did that. And I didn't like that. That is why a lot of times they blow up because they are super, super sensitive to anybody saying that they're not perfect. Right. Wow. So much there. As you were speaking in my head, I was like, Oh, I want to recap this but there was, there was so much and I'm, I'm going to recap it for you guys in the show notes. But the thing that uh, I found was a key for me as I'm, I'm listening and, and I'm sure the listeners are like, oh, I know people in my life like that. Oh, there's this one and it's that one and it's this one, right? Because I think on some, you know, even myself, you're, you're saying, and I'm like, oh, do I do that sometimes? And, I, you know, and, and I know I'm not a narcissistic person, but, but you want to check yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, things that you said that I thought was key was the the lacking of empathy, because I, I do know people who are always well, we bring it back to themselves. They're never wrong. Word salad. There we go. That's them. You know, and 
I've found that with those people, I'm able to reason with them through empathy. Right. Right. And, and because they have empathy and they do care about other people and, and maybe they have some narcissistic tendencies, we're, we're actually able to have like a real conversation and it, they may be difficult to deal with, but, but we can get somewhere. And right. that to me was like, oh, okay. I think that the, the lack of empathy is the, the clear, and you could tell me um, because you certainly uh, know more than me on this topic, but that to me sounded like, wow, that's the, the clear indicator between somebody that you could negotiate with, that you could work with and, and not. And I, you know, I was saying bef- before we, um, we started recording, uh, in my training for, you know, in my, my coach training, we had learned about um, working on practical dispute resolution. And, w- and one of the things that we learned is that you cannot negotiate with someone who is, doesn't, you know, not mentally all there, narcissistic, narcissistic, narcissistic people being right up there. They're, you just can't negotiate with them. They, and, and if, if they are not, um, don't have all their, their mental capacity, a, a negotiation is not going to happen. It can't happen. They they are not going to be there. And that lack of empathy, I think, is is what makes the difference of being able to work with somebody. And so, in being in a marriage, you know, if you if you're having a struggle, uh, if you are in a struggling marriage, does your husband have this empathy? And and maybe he's difficult, but but you've got hope because you can you can appeal to that side, and that might be something where you could work on. Or is it? Is he just a true narcissist? So talk to me how, like, what do you tell, you know, your clients? Like, what do you, if they find themselves in a place where, um, well, I, I know you work, mostly work with, with women who have narcissist, narcissistic mothers, but, but what would you tell them? Like, what do they do? So a lot of times I tell them that it's important to, um, even if you find somebody with, a lot of narcissistic tendencies, it's important a lot of times that you treat them as if they are a narcissist because a lot of narcissistic tendencies means that they're going to behave like a narcissist. And we have to remember that the narcissist usually, their, their whole goal is not just to like drain the victim, not just to get under the victim's skin. A lot of times their whole goal is to actually destroy the victim. Mm. And so I think that it's important to understand that because a lot of times um, women will feel, especially the women that I, that I work with because it's their mother. So a lot of times, and in this case, it would be their husband. So a lot of times it feels like I can't, you know, how can I leave this person or how can I get away from this person? But it's important that if you are actually wanting, and I tell my, my women this, if you are actually wanting to take that healing journey, you have to think of it in terms of even if you were doing like a physical healing, if you were healing like a, a scar or something like that, if you continue to scrape the, you know, the, every time it scabs up, you continue to scrape the scab back off, eventually it's either never going to heal or it's going to get infected. It's the same thing if you stay in the relationship with this narcissist. They're just going to continue to reopen the wounds over and over and over again, and you won't be able to get that healing. 
So you will have to eventually make a decision as to whether you're going to stay in that environment and you're going to allow that person to continue to re-victimize you. And a lot of times it's not just them. Narcissists usually create a kind of circle around them where they can use other people also in their lives to manipulate you and to abuse you. So if it's your husband, it might be his mother. Mm. It might be his sister that kind of gangs up on you to, you know, create this environment where, you know, you feel stuck and where it's not just him that is, that is abusing you and that is, you know, manipulating you, but it's also his family members. Um, it's the same thing with the narcissistic mother. It's not just usually her, it's her and your siblings and her husband and her friends and your aunt. And so mm -hmm. it makes it feel like everybody is coming down on the victim and that's what they want because they want to destroy wow. the victim. Yes. Wow. And so I always say that, you know, if you really want to do the healing work, it's usually it only happens with no contact or in, in whether you spend a time, a season or um, a lifetime mm -hmm. depends upon what you actually feel like you need to stay away from that person so that you can actually build the strength that you need to stand up and, um, you know, rise up into the person that God has created you to be. Yes. Wow. And you had talked about boundaries and that sounds like the no contact sounds like the, the boundaries, you know, putting up those, those boundaries. And I, and I, what I'm finding is a lot of times, um, you know, a, a woman might be struggling with, you know, but this is marriage and God doesn't like divorce, you know, God hates divorce. And, and we understand that. And I've said, Almost every single episode, I feel like I say, and I give the disclaimer that everything that I teach applies if you are not being abused, if you are not in a, an abusive situation. Right. But narcissism is a form of abuse. It may not be physical abuse, but it is mental, verbal abuse. And that is something that you would you know, have to really spend some time with and, and make the decision of, like you said, where, you know, do I want to stay? What do I want to do? And maybe it doesn't necessarily mean divorce. Like you said, maybe it's just a separation of a time. But what I'm hearing is this importance of protecting yourself, your children, keeping, you know, setting up a boundary. And, and, and like you said, you know, maybe your husband does have some empathy but you still got to set the boundaries and, and you can yeah. use the empathy maybe to save the marriage, but staying, you know, I would never tell someone to stay in an abusive situation. And, and I, I think it's so important because we hear, especially in the Christian community, we hear so much about, you know, marriages forever. You, you, you know, God hates divorce and women then because they want to be obedient to God, mm -hmm they stay in abusive situations. But I, I, that person who is abusing you, they're not completely filled with God's spirit. They, the, like those things, those, those are spirits of the enemy. And, and that, if you want, if you really want to love someone, that person, then, then you need to pray on that. Like that, that's like a fasting and praying and, you know, and, and, and loving them most by setting up those boundaries. And so, 
you know, I, I, I want to make sure that I stay within my, my wheelhouse. Right. And I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm, I'm a coach. And the, as coaches, we move forward. Yes. But when you, when you're in a, a place of this, this trauma, and I am part of why I wanted to have you on the show is so that the listeners can identify either for themselves or somebody that they know, you know, are they dealing with a narcissistic personality? And if that is the case, then, whoa, okay, that is abuse. And, Mm -hmm. and how that now what, how do I deal with that? How do I get, you know, the, the, the proper help? And, and what I heard you say is the, uh, you know, making the decision and, and, and setting up these boundaries, those are going to be really important. I wanted to ask you about, and this is the, the was the catalyst for this conversation. Um, I was reading a book on gaslighting. And I, I understand that gaslighting is one of the number one tools a narcissist will use for um, in their abuse. And I had touched briefly on gaslighting in a previous episode, but uh, what can you tell me about gaslighting? Can you let the, our listeners know what is it or? Yeah, so gaslighting is basically just um, the form, it's a form of manipulation. And it's, it's basically where they try to get the victim to look crazy and the victim to look like they're, they, they deny the victim's reality. So it's when you confront them with the reality and you say, hey, you know, when we were at that party, why were you talking to that lady? Or, you know, why were you kissing that lady? And it's like, what are you talking about? What do, you, what do you mean? I never did that. What are you, what are you saying? And, and they start to, they, they really try to convince the victim that what they saw with their own eyes was not true. What they experienced did not happen. And it's this form of basically crushing the victim's voice. Hmm. It's to, it's to make the victim believe and make the victim believe, well, maybe, cause if, if they, they feel like if they keep doing it over and over and over again, that eventually the victim will start to believe, well, maybe I didn't see what I thought I saw, or maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't um, experience what I thought I experienced. Because a lot of times that will happen too within your healing journey. Even if you do go no contact, remember that you still have that programming Mm -hmm. in your mind until you get fully healed. And so when you get away from that person, that programming will kick in and start to say, well, wait a minute, was the abuse really that bad? Mm. Did he really, did he really, you know, do that to the kids? Did that really happen? Did maybe, maybe I started it. Mm-hmm. And you start to have those feelings again of me. Well, maybe I blew this out of proportion. Maybe this, some of this is my fault. Mm-hmm. So what do you tell your clients? Um, what advice do you give them in terms of how they can keep a hold of their own reality so that uh, they're, you know, so that they're not falling victim to, am I crazy? <laughs> like, yes, did yeah. that just happen? Like I was, I'm pretty sure that just happened, but right. You know. Exactly. So, um, that's, that's all a part of the healing process as Got you it. get stronger. Um, and I, I always disclaim too, that I am a huge proponent of Christian recovery. So mm-hmm. Christian healing, Christian recovery, yeah. as you get stronger in the word and you start to really get tethered to God and you start mm-hmm. to really allow him to pour into you who you are, whose you are in him, 
and you start to stand on that solid rock that is God, nobody can shake you. Mm. But you have to get there. And as long as you're kind of letting the enemy kind of keep knocking you off of the rock, you're not able to grow those deep roots in the word of God that you really need to be able to stand firm when those storms of life come. So you really have to spend that time because roots, even when we talk about in nature, roots take time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have to really spend that time away from things that keep uprooting you. So that's what happens Mm -hmm. every time you get abused, every time you get re-victimized, that person kind of uproots you because now all of your focus is on them, which takes your focus off of God. So you have Mm -hmm. to spend that time with God just in the stillness of of it just being you and him so that he can really build you up. And I also want to go back to what you said about um, them being driven by a demonic spirit. That is a huge thing for you to understand when you talk about the narcissist, that they have actually basically given themselves over to the devil himself. Okay. They are demonic spirits. And that is why they are on such an assignment to destroy the vic- their victims. They are here to destroy. Okay. So it's important that you realize that because that kind of that kind of helps you to figure out how you're going to deal with them. So like when mm-hmm. I when I started my work with my therapist, when she told me that, that kind of freed me up because a lot of times when you read in the word, it's like, oh, well, forgive those who persecute you and, you know, turn the other cheek and all of these things. But you have to remember that when God is telling you that he's telling you that about people who are empathetic and who, who you can work with actual Christians and people, and not even, even if you're talking about worldly people, yes, but people who are willing to work with you, not demonic spirits. Okay. And these people have given themselves over to the enemy. They are actually demonic spirits that are inhabiting the bodies of people. And so when God tells you, you know, to be kind to people, he's not telling you to be kind to, and, you know, stay married to demonic people, demonic spirits. Wow. That is so powerful. I'm so see ladies, this is why I choose very carefully who I'm going to allow on the show. And, and, uh, Ronika and I are dear friends and I, I love her dearly and I, and I trust her heart and I'm so thankful and, and glad that you brought that up because in, in any of our, our healing journeys, I also believe in in healing through, through God's word, you know, there's, there's practical things that we can do. And, but that is coupled with God's word and, and growing in relationship with him. And I, and I love how you brought that up because I think it's so many ways in our marriages and, you know, relationships with our, our mothers or family members, whoever in life as Christians, that is something that we struggle with. Mm -hmm. We want to reflect Jesus. That's the, you know, the, the journey of, of becoming more holy. We don't become more holy by reading more in the Bible. It's like we become more holy by making our, you know, imitating Jesus in our actions. And, and he was so kind and loving and forgiving, but you're right. He, when it came to dealing with demonic spirits, he stood his ground and, yes, you know, he, he, he was not kind and loving and he just out yeah. You know, and, and that, that is so important. So thank you so much for that. I think that's, that's such an important thing for our, our listeners, 
our listeners to hear. And as you were speaking, I was like, wow, you know, I can, I can imagine, you know, being in this place where, you know, maybe you're in the morning and, and you're in your time with God and, and journaling, you mm-hmm. know, journaling and, and talking for me, that's how I, I find healing and, and just how I do like to do anything because you journal and it's like, no, 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 this happened. I wrote it down on this day. I wrote it down in my, in my alone time with God, you know, and, and as you're journaling, God is revealing to you what, what you need to pray for. And, uh, and you look back three months later and you're like, nope, nope. On March 11th, 2021, yeah. this happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I wrote it down. Kind of it, it's, um, it's so important, but that was such a, a beautiful insight that you gave us. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share? Well, you talked about the healing journey, mm. right? When I asked you, you said that that's part of the healing journey. And I know that you help women on this healing journey. Can you tell us about how you help women on this healing journey? What do you offer to help them? Yes. So I offer coaching. Um, so I do coaching and I also do, I also have a live talk course, which is called the women of war Academy. So I help women to heal their relationship with God. I kind of call it, I haven't coined it completely yet, but i kind of have this, this thought in my mind that it's basically creating a ripple of impact for your life. And so it's going and going back and healing your relationship with God and allowing him to overflow into you so that out of that overflow into your spirit of his goodness and his kindness and all of his fruits, you are then able to outpour into the world and into others. Yes. I love that. And what I love about it um, is that it's, it's similar to my course in that it's that portion is partner with God, allow him to fill you, give it to others. In my course, the tacticals are different because we're talking about healing marriages and, you know, working with your husband and, and learning about yourself and your husband and negotiating and, and things like that. And, and for you, it's, it's healing from this uh, trauma of narcissistic abuse. Yeah. And, I, and I love the fact that we're aligned in that way, that this is the foundation of the yes. course. And, and then, you know, the, so if you get this foundation, you're good. And then, you know, then we give you tacticals going forward. I, I love all that. And I will have, um, so talk to me, podcast is Mama Trauma. Yes. Where can they find you? I'm going to have everything in the show notes, but. Yeah. So you can find me on the Mama Trauma podcast it's everywhere where you listen to podcasts. Normally you can also find me in my Facebook group, which is the Mama Trauma Sisterhood. And you can find me at renikacormier.com on my website. Yes, love it. And I will have all that uh, in the show notes for you ladies. But this has been such a powerful conversation, I believe, in just identifying. I, I, I feel very strongly like once we are aware, once the light is on and you're like, wait a minute, that was abuse. I was being abused. Oh, okay. Then you, then you can make steps towards healing. But if you're sitting in the place where you're like, am I being abused? I don't know. Is this really abuse? What is abuse really? What is, he doesn't hit me. Right. So, you know, I've never seen him. He doesn't even yell at me. So am I, but I, you know what I mean? And I think so many times 
I found myself, not with my husband, but in, in previous abusive relationships that I had been in, I have found myself in that place. And um, so many times I feel like that's, that happens to women, you know, and I've, I've spoken to women who are divorced until this day can't pinpoint where they think their ex-husband, like, I, I'm pretty sure he was abusive. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like, that's why I left. <laughs> but like, they, they, they don't even know, they don't even you know, know, and it's so crazy. And so this was really more about shedding light, shedding, you know, if this is a place where you are at, ladies, it, it is just to, to gift you the, the light, you know, like God, God's word is a lamp to our feet. Absolutely. And, and he has put us in this place. He's put people like Ronika and myself in this place to, to shine that lamp shine his word for you and let him direct you where he would have you go. But if you're sitting in the darkness, you're, you're never going to be able to find the way out. And so one of the, um, I'll leave with this. One of the, uh, my, one of my favorite verses in the word is my sheep will know my voice. And when sheep are walking through a valley, they can't really see, but they hear the shepherd and they know his voice. So if you're in a place of darkness and you can't see the way forward, if you know God's voice and if you are listening to it, he will still be able to lead you by the listening, even if you don't see and you don't know where, where he's going. And my um, our pastor gave that illustration in, in one of his sermons. So I don't want to take credit for it, but it was just such a beautiful illustration and example of like, yes, you know, because sometimes you cannot see your way through the darkness, but if you just keep, you know, growing in your relationship with God and listening to him, he will bring the people that you need to hear and, and he will lead you out. And you just have to have faith in that. So I'm so thankful for you and this conversation, because I feel like that's what we've been able to bring today to these women is just God's voice. You know, he's either he's speaking to you or he's speaking to somebody wants to speak to somebody, you know, and I will ask for this particular episode. I mean, I ask all the time, but for this particular episode, if you know of anybody who you think might be in this situation, maybe they're in, you know, they're married to a narcissistic man or have suffered or have a narcissistic parent and are really working on their healing, I would ask that you share it just it's free and just share it just so that you are extending that light, extending God's light to those other people, because this is why he's brought us here. You know, I, I truly feel like this is why he's brought us here. This is why we do all the, the work and put all the effort into the, the podcast and our businesses is to help spread his word in that way. So thank you, Ronika, so much. I'm so thank happy you. to thank have had this conversation. Me. Yeah. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.